is up, guys? I hope everyone is having a great day. Hope you're having a fun. Uh, we are here for another episode of Pastors After Dark. And tonight we're going to be talking all about is it okay for Christians to have different interpretations of scripture? Um, and, and I think we have it, uh, you know, kind of lined up the questions I have tonight. I think you're going to make it uh, pretty interesting. Um, but I do think, wait, Deucin, wait, hold on, wait. I don't even see Deucin. You didn't shave. Okay. I didn't shave. His camera is the only one not on my screen. I'm like, wait, where? Okay. No, no, he's good. He's good. All right. So we're going to be talking about that. So here are our roles for the night. We have Deustin, uh streaming. I, I guess maybe, uh, Deustin, you want to go and introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Hey, everyone. I'm Pastor Deustin. It's my fault. We're late tonight. I had to play catch up. <laughs> but we're here. We're here. Made it. Made it. Yeah, we're here, guys. We're here. Um, and I will be hosting tonight uh, on Gatekeeper. The guy you'll be tagging for every single one of your needs is Super Shadow. What's up? Yep. I'm here. I'm writing in both of the chats so everybody can get my name. Just yeah. There we go. There we go. You're, you're going to tag him with everything. If you want to, just go ahead and check and make sure it works. And just let's spam the at Super Shadows real quick. I just want to make sure everything's working right. Um, and, and while you're doing that, we're going to have Soapbox tonight is going to be the, our very own Father Ironheart. Yeah, got it. That's it. That's it. That's I'm totally prepared. Yourself. Yes, yes, totally prepared. And our promoter for the evening was Ferris Store. With the hotel promotion. Yes, I there am in the hotel. Go. There we go, dude. There we go. Killing in the hotel, though. His hotel apparently has amazing upload, which is uh, fantastic, better than my home, not important. Anyway, um, so before we get started, Ironheart, would you mind praying for us? Yes, I would love to. Absolutely. Okay. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to gather together tonight. Lord, I pray that you would bless our conversation, that you would um, guide us to to your word, that we would understand what your word has to say on the subject of the word, and that um, this would be an opportunity for us to to grow closer to you, to, to grow our love in you, and to speak truth to others and, and to encourage believers and to uh, reach those who don't yet believe in you. Lord, we love you. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. And so as I'll, I'll ask the questions, I'm just going to go at least on the, the Twitch screen, how it's lined up. Deuce, and you did this to yourself. So I'm going to start with my top <laughs> left and I'm just going to work my way around. So at least this round, it'll go Deustin, Ferris, Shadow, Ironheart, and then maybe we'll reverse it for the next question. Um, and that's just so I don't forget. So for our very first question, Deustin will lead off. The question is this, is there an absolute truth to scripture? And is it okay if we understand it differently? Yeah. Okay. Um, so let's, I mean, let's tackle that in a couple of pieces, I guess. Um, okay. So the first part of that question, is there an absolute truth in scripture? Uh, I, I would say absolutely. There is an absolute truth. Um, it's, you know, the whole question of like biblical interpretation, we'll get into a lot of different things tonight because a lot of the conversations that we have, especially things that people get really fired up about the way we see things differently are all geared around this subject. So I think it's a really important one for us to have, and I'm glad someone asked this question. Um, but you have to start with an understanding, like no matter where you fall on any specific uh, secondary issue or whatever, or even first issue, if you're just trying to interpret the Bible, um, would be, is there such a thing as absolute truth? You have to start there because if there's not, then 
everything's just open to interpretation. If there's not any absolute truth, then everything's just the way I feel about this, or I understand this, or I think this means this to me, or or whatever. And we may as well just be reading Aesop's fables and you know having the conversations about uh, is it okay for cannibals on a you know on a desert island or something? You know that whole like conversation. It, it's it, if we if we don't have absolute truth, then there's no foundation for anything else. So yeah, I would say, is there absolute truth? Yes, absolutely. Is the, the more difficult question I think is, um, is it possible to, um, reveal, to uncover that absolute truth? And while I think, yes, it is, um, if it were super easy, then none of these conversations would exist, um, which is why it's important for us to have these conversations where I may read something and I may see it in light of the rest of Scripture in a certain way. Someone else may read the exact same things and come to different conclusions. And it's it's it, it's then up to us as believers to have those conversations with, uh, with grace, with humility, to to concede where, oh wow, I didn't see that or think about that. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. You know, it's important to have those kind of conversations. Um, but uh, yeah, so so there absolutely is absolute truth. But at the same time, um, it's it's the challenge is in uncovering that absolute truth. And that's where the body of Christ is so important in, in talking together about these things. That's how I would start the conversation at least. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. So uh, Ferris, you want to add on to that or what do you got? Yeah. So I think it's, I think it's interesting when you come to interpret scripture, um, you, you're bringing your own filter to everything that you're doing and part of part of our fallacy as humans and as individuals is we many times bring our own filter and interpretation into what is trying to affect and influence us right so we do it with news we do it with social media we do it with um everything that we consume right now uh and when we prioritize like our our personal view of the word and bible i think that creates an opportunity for different interpretations of the same scripture so like for example like the very first church split between the roman catholic church and the eastern orthodox happened in 1054 right and it was all focused on christ both divisions believe that God was fully human and fully man, yet one focused more on the humanity of Christ, and then one focused more on the divinity of Christ, and then elevated a priority of it. So I I think that there's an ability to be able to gain wisdom through interpretation, but without, like Deucen said, some type of centralized truth, some type of form factor that brings you down to a stable point. I think our interpretation of the Bible can be dangerous when we base it anything anything that's of ourselves and of our own, our feelings or our thoughts. We got to let the word speak to us rather than us speak ourselves into the word, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's a good way to say that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. 
I'm glad you switched back because I'm I'm kind of forgetting um, what order we were in here. The order that is my that is uh, my memory really showing off the <laughs> shadow. Um, uh, yeah. what, what do you want to add to that, dude? Uh, yeah, I agree. With both of these guys, I think uh, you have to right. Like nothing else matters. Kind of like we've been covering insane. Um, and I think one of the important things to that is just because absolute there is absolute truth doesn't mean um, that you and I have that completely right. As Ferris kind of said. Uh, there's this temptation that all of us, we come into any topic or category, specifically when we're coming even to scripture, that we have our own thoughts, our own um, backgrounds, our own history of how we've understood scripture before, how we've been taught to look at scriptures even, and these filters that we have, these uh, preconceived notions, we have to do our best to humble ourselves if we're really seeking absolute truth uh, to, to allow the word to speak for itself, like Ferris was saying. So yeah, right on. It's an agreement with these guys. Yeah, absolutely. Iron, Ironheart? Yeah, I, I think these guys pretty much like hit the nail on the head. Um, the big thing that I see when, we, when we're going into scripture is not bringing your own preconceived ideas and notions and, and all that kind of stuff, which is really hard to do because like that's what we have to go off of. Mm-hmm. But when we look at scripture, we have to look at like what it says, you know, who it's, who it's, written to who it's written for and and take that truth from it which is true the absolutely true and then use that and and uh, then apply it to our lives not our lives to it and so um there is absolute truth absolutely there's absolute truth it's in scripture um we don't always know the absolute truth we can be close i think we can be really close but we don't always know exactly what that absolute truth is um and i think there's a sense of humility that has to go with that um but uh yeah i think i would have just started talking in circles so there we go right <laughs> no yeah uh, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you guys 100%. It, there is an ab- absolute truth to scripture. Um, yeah, okay. I think you guys nailed it. So we'll go ahead and ask, is there any questions from chat? I thought I'd seen a couple pop up. But. Yeah, so uh, Ike asked over on Mixer, he said, is there a human that is absolutely right on the absolute truth of the Bible? Going right in for it. Uh, let's see. Anybody hmm. open, take that one or should I just pick somebody? Joel Osteen's the first person that comes to my mind. <laughs> yeah, it had to be between um, and uh, uh, and I'm no longer allowed on pad. Uh, <laughs> it's a tie between him and Joyce Myers. I mean, really, it's close. Joyce, it's close. she's got it. Yeah, <laughs> it's interesting, right? Like, so if you think about it, all of us, all of us, in all five of us, everybody in chat right now. If we have our favorite preachers, our favorite teachers, we subscribe to them because what they communicate most correlates with what connects to us personally, right? So I'm sure in chat right now, there's a whole bunch of different theological backgrounds and ideologies and everything like that. So we might elevate one particular view of scripture more than another or one more one particular ideology of scripture more than another. And I know this personally. So like I have a, I have a history. My personal history is a a non-believer to a believer. I went to a non-denominational church when I finally became a Christian. That was a, uh, I I don't even know how this works. Uh, Two churches split in my hometown, one from the Methodist church and one from the Baptist church. So we baptized people by immersion, but also, everybody wore like a cloak 
sometimes during like special ceremonies and they celebrated Advent, things like that. So it was interesting. Uh, so this is where I started. And when I started learning scripture, I realized that I started to elevate some things above other things. So when I got to college, I, I learned about uh, Calvinism and the five points of Calvinism and theology. And part of that beautiful part about learning about Calvinism was just all the hermeneutics, which is a big Jesus word, which essentially means like, how do you read the Bible? Started, I started to dive into the Bible and I thought, man, why didn't my church ever teach me any of this stuff about the sovereignty of God and his control and his design and the beauty of it and how God is in everything. And what I started to do is I started to elevate the theological disposition rather than the God it was trying to glorify. Mm -hmm. So like, I think for me personally, do I think there's one human that has it completely right? Absolutely not. <laughs> there's the only human that has it all right is Jesus. So whether you're a Calvinist or Arminian or whether you're someone who's like a dispensationalist, and I know I'm using a whole bunch of gigantic Christian words right now, but if you're somebody who has a thought about an idea and you elevate one person's ideas over what Jesus says about those ideas, I think we start to skew towards man's desire what the bible says and every pastor on every pulpit is guilty of doing this at one point in another where we might allow our own ideas seep into what the bible says and i i think that's part of the beauty of god's plan is he allows us to communicate it sometimes we do that poorly but the beauty of our poor communication is that he still works greatly and the truth that we need to communicate is that there's a god his name is jesus he came and died he rose again and through faith in him we get to have salvation everything under that for me now even though i still have my personal theology is all secondary or tertiary jesus is primary uh so if there's anybody who elevates anything over Jesus, I'm like, I don't want to listen to you. So I don't think there's a, a single person, Ike, that has it all right, unless it's me. Whoa. <laughs> is. There it is. <laughs> For sure. What do you guys think? Is there any, is, is there somebody that you feel like, man, I agree with like 95, 96%? Well, okay, so technicality, right? Like to get this out of the way, just because I know people go back, rewatch it, rewatch pads, and they're like, they didn't say this. They like obviously, where like if we're gonna include everybody, Jesus obviously has the perfect theology <laughs> understanding. Yeah. He technically was one hundred percent fully human, also one hundred percent fully God. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I would say Jesus, you know, 95, 90, no, hundred <laughs> percent. Obviously, there's no God behind the back of Jesus Christ. He has a perfect interpretation of Scripture way more than any of us do. And I think that's a good thing that none of us have the perfect, you know, understanding because then if we ever did fully understand God from a biblical and theological standpoint, God would cease to be God. He wouldn't be this all-knowing being that resided over us. I think that's some of the beauty of scripture is it gives us just enough of what you and I need to have a solid relationship with God to continue to grow in that and to look forward to spending the rest of eternity uh, learning and worshiping a God that we will forever continue to grow deeper in relationship with. But we start here on the earth. We'll continue uh, that day when we see him face to face. So that's, that's what I'll say. Yeah, I, I'd agree. And 
I think I I definitely agree that it's it's a really good thing that we don't uh, that that nobody has it a hundred percent because that that's what enables us to have these conversations to to continue to seek God in this and and try to understand and and Lord what are you speaking to me and then uh, having conversations with people that's why my favorite way to study the Bible is is going through like like on Thursday nights in GMA what we've been doing is is going like verse by verse through we just finished John Kat pointed out it took us six months to go through the Gospel of John it took forever but it was cool because we went slow and we got to have conversations and there were different things that came up where we stopped and we just had long, hard talks about different things. And we had one of those where we only got through four verses in first John, uh, this past Thursday, cause we got to some, some meaty stuff where we were like, well, this is how I view this. This is how I view this. Well, let's talk about that. And so if it was just so like incredibly like super clear, like, like we could take the gospel and something I've been trying to do on my own stream is to get it under five seconds for whenever a troll comes in, I can just <laughs> plant that seed and <laughs> then they're on their way. Uh, and that's really hard to get it under five seconds, by the way, if you want to try it, be my guest, let me know what you come up with. I'll steal it. Um, I'll but, steal it. <laughs> yeah, but it's, that's really hard. But if, if the Bible was written as simple and plainly as that, it would have been like just one sheet that, you know, God had someone write down and, there's the Holy Scripture. It's on one page. It all fits. But this is the story of God's plan, his entire revela- uh, revelation to man. And, you know, we get to see this whole thing. And there's different things that, especially us in an American culture, or at least in a 2020 culture, where we have all these different filters and lenses and we have different experiences than the the writers of this Scripture had. And it's it's tough for us to put ourselves in those shoes and, and to look at the Bible that way and to have some kind of framework of hermeneutics that we can look at the whole of scripture. And so it's, um, yeah, it's important to have those conversations. And I think it's a great thing that none of us have it down just perfect. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Anybody else have one or I can go on to the next question too, because we got a few more. I'm good. If you want to go Get on. it. All right. Uh, this was from Otter. He asked uh, to each and every one of you guys, what is the most taken out of context Bible verse that you guys hear? I can't even like I hear it so often that I can't even cite the verse. But <laughs> the um, Be still and know that I am God. Oh, yeah. like half the verse. Because the rest of it, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Mm-hmm. The, like, what is still about that? I just, anyway, sorry. <laughs> All right. It's not right. cute and fluffy like everyone wants it to be. <laughs> Jeff, what about you, Dr. Heels? Okay, I, I'm, I'm pulling it up right now. Because this isn't, okay, this isn't the most popular, but this is the worst one I've ever heard, okay? And it was on It was on a postcard. So give me, give me just a second. I want to find it. Okay. Uh... Wait, well, if someone wait. else wants to go, I'll, I'll pull it up real quick. Okay, you okay, want to go? go. <laughs> oh, never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I got mine. I got mine easy. Mine's super easy. Jeremiah 29, 11. It's yeah, literally. Yep. And you're someone would go with that one? Oh, my gosh. People I know the plans are like, I have for you when I go to college. 
literally, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, uh, plans to give you a hope and future, right? So people are like, gosh, man, the Lord is on my side so much. He's going to make my life so good. And people just ignore the fact that he's literally talking to people who are essentially forced into indentured servitude, <laughs> who have been stolen away from their homelands and been like, hey, I love you but it's gonna suck for like 70 years and you might die here but i still love you you, and you need to remember here. that right <laughs> so so <laughs> so like when people are like the lord just like wants to prosper me and i was like yeah after you go through decades of suffering and slavery good luck yeah. good uh, luck <laughs> so, so like when people quote that one uh i i just like my my eyes bulge a little bit uh but I love I love to just throw out uh, Philippians four thirteen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think you're gonna be interpret that all the time. Yeah. Put it on your sneakers. Yeah, and you'll hit all the threes. That's what I was yeah. gonna. That, that was gonna be mine because my favorite thing to point out whenever people bring up Philippians four thirteen, which is an awesome verse, is Philippians four twelve. I know yeah. how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. He was just going through talking about being imprisoned and hungry and going without and all this kind of stuff. And then I can do all things. So I can go through the good and the bad like that. There's the context. Come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can hit those threes, baby. <laughs> yeah. But you have yeah. another one too. Yeah. Okay. So I, I have mine. I've seen this on a, I've seen this on a postcard. It's a uh, Matthew four, nine. Um, so it says this, uh, he said to him, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Um, now, if oh, you want to no, know the context, yeah, let's, uh, let's go and add in 4.8. Let's add in 4.8. Are you telling people take this out of context? Uh, yeah, someone actually took it out because 4.8 says, um, oh, no. again, the devil took him to a very hot mountain <laughs> and showed him all the kingdoms of the world. And the splendor says, all this I'll give you if you bow down and worship me. Yeah, yeah. this was actually on a postcard. Oh, no. nine. Yeah. Someone did their oh. research. Or maybe not a postcard, but like a Christian gift card or whatever, you know. Uh, yeah. No, Lifeway, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, it was rough. I don't, I don't know who made it, but it was, it was bad. Uh, yeah. Wow. Context is super important. <laughs> yeah, that, that has to be the worst one I've ever seen. <laughs> Yikes. So I mean, those are, those are all the, uh, those are all like the common things that like Christians like throw out there. Is there anything else? I will say one that like. I understand like the heart, all of these, like in some way in level, shape and form, right? We've heard these millions of times. We've seen them on coffee mugs. I get the heart behind like wanting to apply them. I just think a lot of them, people don't like understand the context of which they're taking place in, right? Which makes them out of context verses. Um, one for me that I always hear, especially maybe you guys hear this too, working in churches is um, we just got to get back to the church of Acts. We just need to, mm-hmm. we just need to model the church of Acts. We just need to go back to, and I was like, well, if you look like, Yes, it was a very unique, special moment. And we see that like they were like the strong brotherhood that was giving and selling their possessions. But there was also people at that time who were doing some really shady stuff that God had to correct. <laughs> you know, God had to smite down a couple people. I'd be like, yo, you're stealing. You're taking advantage of people. It's like, so the acts wasn't this like utopia, euphoria that was like perfect for the Christian life. Like they had their own issues and their own struggles that they had to deal with in the day days leading after Jesus's resurrection. And so it's not like 
I think it's a wrong application to go, we need to just model and do exactly what the Church of Acts did. It's like, no, Acts did what they needed to do in their context, and it came with their own personal mm-hmm. struggles and, and uh, you know, difficulties. And now, being the church here in 2020, there's fundamental things that we need to do that resemble Acts, like be loving to one another, worship the Lord above all, you know, care about the widows and the orphans. But there's also a lot of unique perspectives that we have here in 2020 that they didn't have in Acts that we need to be applying and using in our modern day churches. So right. that's one I, I hear a lot. And I'm always like, ah, you, you, they like <laughs> worship and idolize the Church of Acts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do uh, we have any more questions? Yes. Um, let me see here. Uh, Ike asked, if then, right, going back to the first one, if there is no other humans um, on the earth right now that, that has a total absolute truth of the Bible, how then is someone to know what to believe explained as to someone just coming into faith, like if someone who was a new believer, new Christian, or, or just getting into Christianity, how then do they approach it? How do we talk to them knowing that there is no human being right now on the earth that has the absolute perfect truth or the absolute perfect doctrine and theology? I tell people to go to, go to the book of John and start reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. I get it. You know, John itself says, uh, like, that it's written so that people will believe. And I, I encourage him, hey, go read this. Go read it slowly. Go read it, read it quickly, whatever you have, and then come back and let's talk about the questions you have. And I'm going to ask you, hey, what did you read? What did you talk about? Because I think it's at that moment that when people make that decision to follow Christ, that they need to have that like that injection of faith and that injection of connection with Christ in a way that becomes personal. So they had a, they had a personal experience with Jesus, which, uh, you know, like uh, allows them to have like a renewal of heart. And now that they need that personal investment where he is planting those seeds and they start having those understandings. And then it's going to be in those moments that they're having those first like confrontations of their worldview and now their Christian worldview and they're coming together. And I think it's that place where you go, okay, Hey, what did the Bible say? Well, what do you think about this? How did you used to think about this? And then let them ask the question. Okay. Now, but, Affairs, what do you think about this? And in that saying, hey, I may not have all the answers, but here's how I believe that this is what Jesus is talking about. Or like if we're talking about sexuality, if we're talking about drug use or alcoholism, or um, you know, is the old testament even applicable to us in modern days as New Testament Christians? There you go, got fuzz. Uh <laughs> like in in all these things, I think you invite them to your walk with Christ and in so doing you have to admit that you don't have all the answers that you are also a stranger in a foreign land walking the path towards a God that's calling you home right so the second that we start to elevate our worldview starts to elevate ourselves above other Christians and then we elevate ourselves as an authority and then if we do that, we have the risk of gaining followers who follow us rather than Jesus. So I, I would say like, hey, let's let's go on this together. You ask questions, I'm going to ask questions, and we're going to figure this out. But where we can stay unified is who is Christ, what did he do, and what has he called us to do? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, absolutely. 
I think that's one of the one of the reasons, right, behind the scenes of even why we see God doesn't give any other human the absolute perfect theology or understanding of scripture is it makes us not rely. We're already creatures of habit, right? You look at Romans one, you look at how we we want to ascribe worship to everything and anything that that is in front of us, right? Whether that's musicians, actors, TV stars, you know, even pastors, you know, we like we want to worship them and follow them. And so if they had all that truth, I think one, it would it would cause us as individuals to stumble because we'd want to worship them. And two, it would cause those leaders who do have a greater understanding to thinking puffed up with knowledge. And so it forces us to go, okay, to acknowledge absolute truth is real. Fundamentally, though, none of us have that outside of Jesus Christ. And the only way we're going to get that absolute truth is by going back to the word. And so that, mm. I think exactly what you were saying then is, then we go, okay, hey, because I don't have it, even if I maybe have walking with God longer than you, new believer or person who's just getting into the faith, like I don't have everything. Like scripture is, is, has eternal truths that speak to me when I was in my teens, speak to me now in my twenties. And it's probably going to speak to me even differently in my thirties, still holding the core, but something new that God's going to show me, or that's going to be more relevant for this day and era that, that I'm currently living in. So let's explore that together. And I think it allows us to, to humble ourselves, which is, you know, at the core of every, of, of sin is our own pride is our desire to think mm. be like God you know, be better than God and, and make better choices than God ever would. And so I'm super grateful that, that this is an aspect where if we walk in the Christian life, we have to humble ourselves to go, we want to know absolute truth and we're not going to find it by looking inward. It's only by looking outward into scripture. Hmm. Yeah, sure. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. The, all right. Are we caught up on questions? That was, yeah, that was every, uh, okay. that was everything I had <clears throat> for questions. Okay. I know guys, if you have a question, just at me and I'll throw it in here after this next section, we'll get back to it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this time we're going to go backwards order. We're going to start with, uh, the very own, our very own father, Ironheart, the sleeveless wonder. <laughs> uh, the question is this, and I think everyone's kind of gotten into it a little bit, but we'll, we'll try to cover it anyway. Um, if God is sovereign, why wouldn't he give the correct understanding of scripture to everyone? Ooh, let's go. Mm-hmm. Big so, value. Uh, Big, uh, uh, good uh, uh, question. What you, what you got, buddy? <laughs> so I think, I think it's important to understand that the, the really, the really important stuff, the stuff you need to know is clear. I think the things you need to know, like who Jesus is, what he did, why he's here, and and the work that he did, not only in his his ministry, but his his suffering on the cross, and then his his re- death and resurrection, and that faith through him brings life, a separation from sin, and and a new life in God. I think that those things are clear, and there's no question that when you read scripture, that's what you see. Um, I think the other things, um that are secondary or even third or fourth, if you didn't want to go that far are less clear. And, and I say that for the, I think that they're less clear for some of the reasons we've already said that if, if everyone knew everything, then people wouldn't trust in God. They would trust in, in their knowledge and in their understanding and not in who God is. And so the important stuff, the essential things are there and that's clear. You open your Bible. It's, it's right there. And in, in throughout the, the symphony of scripture from Genesis to Revelation, it's the story of who God is and, and the work that he's doing through Jesus Christ and how Jesus Christ is redeeming the world back to him. Um, the other things 
that are maybe secondary, those are less clear. And, and like I said, because if we knew every single thing, then we wouldn't trust in God. Our trust would be in knowledge and understanding. Yeah. All right, for mm. sure. All right, now I'm trying to remember it backwards until we transition. Um, I want to say Shadow is next. Yes, yeah. I was right. Okay. All right, Shadow. Yeah, I just I go back to, to kind of what I was saying before. You know, um, I think it, it allows us to be humble. It allows us to not uh, ascribe worship to, to other uh, people who might have a good understanding of a verse. Not that we shouldn't listen to others, because I think that's one of the ways the Lord speaks is by going to people who are older than you have been walking with the Lord a little bit further than you have. Um, to speak truth into your life that could be objective uh, truth tellers to you. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much how, why I think like, now I'm sure there's millions of other reasons God didn't do this. Uh, but I think it's really, really cool to see scripture be very, very clear with like things like Jesus is the son of God. You know, God is the creator. God exists outside of time. God is all powerful. Uh, there will be a day where he comes back again, that, that truth and salvation is found only in Jesus Christ and believing in his death, life and resurrection. Like, those core dogmatic things, scripture is absolutely unabashedly clear on. Um, but in other things, it leaves it to where it goes like, hey, God is sovereign. Also, mankind has free will. You know, like they leave these things in tension uh, purposely. Like scripture speaks to both of these things and unabashedly is like, I'm not going to be sorry that I said those things. Those are absolute truths still, you know, like, and just because it doesn't make sense on, on the earth, like, that's okay. I don't, I don't need to, you know, it's like God is not this, like, um, this, uh, needy child who needs to prove himself to others. God's like, I'm God. You have the choice, whether you're going to follow me or not. There's things that you can, you can use tulip, whatever, to try to rationalize and come to a deeper understanding. But what you need is right here in front of you and is super clear. And the rest is something you can wrestle with, something you could explore the rest of your life and into eternity with me. Um, as you draw closer to me and as I draw you into deeper relationship. And I think that's a beautiful thing. And I think it just reminds us that he is God and we are not, and it makes us humble ourselves. So. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Ferris. How do you, how do you want to answer uh, that? Ask the question one more time. Cause I've okay. been listening. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> if God is sovereign, why wouldn't he give everyone the correct understanding of scripture? See, that's a really interesting question. Um, I mean, take the first few uh, words of that entire sentence. If God is sovereign, why doesn't everybody have a puppy when they're born? <laughs> right? Or if God is sovereign, why do hurricanes happen? Or how come I get sick? Um, so why doesn't everybody have the same interpretation of Scripture? Honestly, I think if you imagine that each and every person that's created on this earth is created in the image of God, then each and every person has the opportunity to give you insight into the personality and person of who God is, right? So this is going a little bit like high-minded, little floofy in the clouds right now. But to think that each and every person has an opportunity to connect with a God personally through a relationship with him then their viewpoints on who God is may give you a bigger and better insight beyond your limited capability of understanding of who God is just by yourself. 
So having some uniformity of things of like one absolute truth or who Christ is or what he did for us or the process of salvation allows us to have unity. But I know personally that if people hadn't disagreed with me, I would never have had the ability to grow in my faith to a new insight of who God was and who God is because of how he revealed himself to them first before I ever understood who he was. So their experience and viewpoint, I think, is actually part of God's sovereignty. Like, right? Like, so I'm super factual. I'm super literal. I like to have proof. I don't, I like facts more than feelings. I like to be able to logically disassemble everything and reassemble it in a way that it makes sense. But my brother, on the other hand, who also loved Jesus in such an amazing way, he and I are sitting on a subway in New York City one day, and he just gets up and walks over to a dude and hands him $20. And I'm like, what in the world did you just do? And he's like, well, God told me to give him $20. And I was like, bro, I'm sitting right here, and I've loved Jesus longer than you. God didn't tell me that. And he's like, no, that's exactly what God did. I believe that God asked me to be sacrificial. And the way that I interpret that is by being sacrificial my time and serving, but he takes that in a completely different manner. He takes that in the moment. God's asking me in the moment to be sacrificial to the people around me, whether I know their name or not. And me experiencing his faith and his interpretation of the exact same thing that God is calling both of us to do allows me to personally grow in a way I never would have had the opportunity to without his influence and without his interpretation. So because of him, I now look to be open to those moments to let God lead me in a way that he leads my brother. While that's still not my disposition, it's because of his interpretation of what it means to be sacrificial and giving and generous has opened up a new way to go, okay, no, God can also work like this. So if God is sovereign, why doesn't he let everybody believe the same thing? I mean, when we're born, why aren't we always grown up? Life's a journey. It's not just a destination. That would be my answer. Yeah, good answer. All right. And uh, Pastor Deuston, what do you think? If God is sovereign, why wouldn't he just give everyone the correct understanding of scripture? Yeah. Um, I kind of just want to applaud all three of y'all who just answered before me because <laughs> I like all three of your answers and kind of just want to summarize them and just wrap them up in a ball because they, they were like <laughs> right on. So yeah, Ironheart saying that the 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 core things are clear. Absolutely, 100%. I believe that God did make those things clear. The ne the necessary uh, truths that we need, God created the universe. Do we know every detail about how? No, we know what we need to know. We know that God loves us. We know that he sent his son to die on a cross. We know the story. We know the big things. Um, like Shadow was saying that, uh, um, kind of the same thing, but but in that um, it. Our, the, our lack of understanding draws us into closer fellowship with God. It, it makes us want to um, be closer to him, to ask these questions, to seek out truth, all those kind of things. Absolutely. And then like Ferris was saying to, to that in the middle of our, like, like where my experiences and filters um, may uh, give me a portion of truth that God has revealed to me in a specific and maybe unique way where 
if I don't have conversations with others, then I can't share that truth with them. And likewise, if I won't have conversations or listen to others, then I won't be able to understand what God has revealed to them through his word. Um, so I, I think it's all these things and, and the mystery of God and the way that he works and the way he has designed all this kind of stuff in his sovereignty. Um, it's it's just we have little bitty pieces to that big puzzle, but it's so cool to see the way that things work together in what he has revealed to us. Um, and we are, I, I feel like I say it every um, every episode of PAD, but uh, we are so blessed to live in the time that we do to have the full revelation of God's word in our pockets, in our hands, um, to have this. Are there things that we don't all understand or agree on? Yes, but that's where the beauty of seeking God, spending time in the word, having honest, open conversations, um, being humble and, and, you know, having those with humility and, but still understanding what you believe and why you believe it, um, is, is so important. So, uh, I mean, there, there's a lot to say in that. I don't, I'm not one to question God. I don't know, <laughs> but I think that, uh, God knows what he's doing, and he He gave us a beautiful gift, even in just giving us a word. I mean, can you imagine if, if we didn't have anything, if we had no revelation of God, but we still knew that God was there, um, you know, then, I mean, that, that would be like a whole different kind of walk in life, but you and I are so blessed to have what we have, um, so... Yeah, God knew what he was doing <laughs> would be my, my short answer, but I love the way all three of y'all said it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fantastic. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, my my answer for it, I just thought it was a, a thought-provoking question that I, I feel like maybe someone uh, who didn't believe may ask um, is how we could all read the same book, come to you know many different beliefs. Um, and, and I would say this, and I think Ferris kind of summarized what I was thinking too, in that it's it's meant to be a journey. It's meant to be a walk. It's not like have you ever you ever played a video game that you really loved and then got cheat codes? Like it, once you have everything unlocked, it's boring. Like once you have everything unlocked and it becomes easy, like there's there's nothing left for you to pursue. Um, and and I feel like that that's why the Christian faith is a walk. It's a it's a journey. Is because you're you're constantly moving deeper and deeper in your understanding and your relationship with God. So, um, yeah, I would say that is that you're intended to uh, fight and struggle and and get your way through it, um, and and come to that understanding of Scripture. Um, and, and before we we move on, um, I, I did just get a private message from Ibuilds. He's needing some prayer for his family. It's unspoken, but if you guys don't mind, I'd love to just pray for him real quick. Um, yeah, just the whole pad family. Um, let's come together. Let's do it. Go ahead. Father God, we, we thank you so much for this day and everything you're doing for us. God, we just lift up iBuilds and his family. God, we don't know what's going on, but you do, Lord. We know that you are there and you are in control. And Father, we just pray that you would be there in this moment. Your Holy Spirit be with him and be with his family. God, give him strength and confidence. God, provide healing if necessary. Provide peace where it's needed. God, I just pray that your hand would be on his family, Lord, that your hand would be on him, that you would let them somehow see you in the midst of this trial, Father, that they would somehow see your hand in action they would be able to trust your word and trust you who you are lord that during this season father that you would be with them and that they would always know that they are in your hand lord and that you you are in control lord father we love you and we trust you in jesus name amen amen amen, amen. okay we have uh do we have anything from chat yeah, guys. So if you have a question, just at Super Shadow uh, on any of the platforms. I'm watching everything right now. Um, but Jake Division asked this. He said, uh, in a Bible study, how do you each 
study scripture together. For instance, in a Bible study I'm in now, I use the SOAP method or scripture observation application prayer method. Uh, so what do you guys, what do you do in your studies and in your Bible study time with others? I mean, yeah. I'm taking it. <laughs> Mine. Go for it, go for it, um, go for it. The, the SOAP method's great. I mean, I, I I think that's a fantastic way to, to dive into scripture and, and to get some some good setting, trying to see like, okay, what's going on? What's the context? What's the setting? Who's involved? Um, who did what to this person, that person, all that kind of stuff. I think that's a fantastic way to, to dive into scripture and then application. Like if when you know the context, you know, like if you're looking at a letter from Paul, you know, who is he writing it to? Um, what's he addressing? So what that, if he's addressing um, people getting drunk on communion wine, then obviously they're having an issue with drinking wine during communion. So how does it, you know, you, you see all those contexts and you can find the application for it. Um, and then you pray through it. And I think regardless, if you're just reading scripture or you're studying scripture, praying before and after is huge. Um, just that God would, guide you through his word and that he would show you the truth that's in there. Um, so I, I love the soap method. I think it's fantastic. Um, and I think if you really want to go in depth and then find commentaries of some kind, um, look for, um, because you don't want to find commentaries of, of people that have no, no, uh, no, no grounds to write commentaries. Um, so ask, ask trusted believers what they're using. But if you really want to dive in, just, just do extra research and what people have written on scripture and, and, and dive even further into what's being said. So I think those are, are two good places, two good things to think about when, when studying scripture. Heels, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was, I was actually going to say whenever I first like started attending church, the very, like I showed the guys earlier, like this is this is actually like my teen guys study Bible. This is this is the first Bible I got when I started attending in. And the soap method is what I learned to to start studying scripture with. Um, and since then, I think I've kind of come up with my own, you know, ways that I do it. Um, I'm actually pretty sure on my YouTube channel, I have a couple of videos on it. Um, but one of the things I like to do is do the the who, what, when, why, where. Like if uh, I do it uh, digitally, but on on Logos, you can choose like different different ways to underline and mark and color words and so i'll go through like a passage or a verse and mark out all the who what when where was and then there's uh you know in different and this is like if you really want to go at like a, a magnifying glass view of it but if you really want to like get it down and it just helps you to i feel like it helps you like slow down and get the understanding of scripture because so often we're doing like a chapter today and we're just trying to get that chapter over in about three minutes and we're just flying through it but if you actually break down just a little passage and you go and you point out all the who's like you read through it once and find all the who's mentioned you read through it again find all the what's mentioned you you know read through it like that and really slow down and get a thorough concept i, I, I that's one of the ways i really enjoy like breaking down a scripture. I'll do that for sermons and stuff. And then again, in, in the program, like I use, I can then go and look at like the original language and, and different ways of doing it like that. But, but yeah, I think the main thing is slowing down and coming to understand uh, what's there rather than just trying to cover as much many words as you can. in a lot of time, um, try to slow down and really understand what you're reading. Um, and I think soap is actually a really great way to do that, especially starting out. For sure. Yeah, definitely starting out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was the only uh, question that we had as of right now. So, okay. all right, cool. So that I mean, that actually kind of blends over perfect in the next question, and um, we'll just start back at the top with Pastor Deuston. But how would how should a new believer gain a correct understanding of Scripture? 
Oh, okay. Um, well, I feel just like we read it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just find a Bible and start reading <laughs> the words. Sorry. <laughs> um, no. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we've kind of hit on it a, a little bit throughout the whole talk so far tonight. But um, yeah, so so let's say new believer just hears the gospel, feels the the tug of the Holy Spirit, responds in faith. They're a new creation. They are they are born again. They're ready to start their walk with Jesus. Right, clean slate. Let's go. What do I do? Um, I would say. Uh, John is is a great place to start. I I've always actually actually suggested the same thing as you, Ferris, to start with John, and uh, I've always said to do it to to do two things with it. I've always said first, just read it, just just read it like a book. Just read through the book of John. You'll you'll get kind of the overview or the story. Uh, just take it in, soak it in, and then as soon as you finish start over and go way slower. <laughs> uh, that's whenever uh, I would say start utilizing some of these different study methods, start writing notes. Whenever you have a question, write it down. Um, keep a notepad, uh, walk through things. And who in the beginning was the word. Why is Jesus called the word? What is why? What does that mean? That's weird. Jesus isn't a word. What does that mean? Write it down, um, you know, and, and just walk through. And then as you start to develop these questions, uh, well, I shouldn't even say and then make sure you're plugged into a local church uh, where you can be under the authority of a pastor of other believers who have been walking with Jesus and get involved in some sort of discipleship where you can hear from people who have been walking this walk and ask them questions, get get people that you can be accountable with and uh, have real conversations with. Um, uh, and okay. So, so that, that those would be kind of the, the first, the basic steps, but let's look at that in light of the question of the night, uh, biblical interpretation and stuff. You could say, well, then, uh, how will I know if I'm, uh, if I'm discovering absolute truth, how will I know if what I'm reading, if I don't really understand this yet, I'm still just a brand new believer, how do I know that I'm uh, getting the right interpretation? What what if, um, you know, I'm around all Arminian people, and what if it's really Calvinism? If that's really the right way to read this, then, oh man, I messed up, or the other way around, or any other different issue. I just picked one that, mm. that comes up a lot. But anything, like, how do I know if I'm just reading into all the wrong interpretations. See, that's where the things that we've been talking about tonight, as you have questions, seek God, go to God. He's not going to trick us. He's going to illuminate his word. We can find this truth. I don't think, like we said earlier, I don't think there's any human who ever has read through this, has lived a hundred years of life and at the, on the last day of his life said, all right, well, I guess I, yeah, I got it all right. And then God gave him a quiz and said, yep, you're the first person to get a hundred. Good job, Joe. Um, you know, I don't think that that's going to happen, but we continue to seek God. We continue to have conversations with people outside of our, our little circles and bubbles of people who think exactly the way that we do. And we listen with honest, open hearts. We have conversations. We share the things God's revealed to us. We listen to the things God's revealed to them. And that's how we grow as a believer and we keep walking the walk.
for sure. Yeah. Awesome, man. Love it. All right. Um, swinging over to the best of my memory and there it is. Sweet. All right. Ferris. Um, uh, what do you got, my man? How would you, how would you uh, encourage a believer, um, new believer just coming to faith to, to get a correct understanding of scripture? Uh, I'm not going to say much more than Deucin. Um, but here's, here's where I would say, um, ask questions, right? You're new. It's it's like joining a club that you've never been a part of before or trying to ride a bike from the first time or trying to learn a skill or like, you know, if it like we're all like we're on Twitch, right? Like switching over from controller to mouse and keyboard. It's like, okay, what's the best key bind? It's like you're, you're looking for something to help you. So you got to ask questions and you got to be willing to ask questions and you got to be willing to learn to go, hey, I don't know anything. I don't know everything. I feel like I got like a good grip on like the main stuff, but like, what about all this other stuff? And secondly, admit where you're confused. Admit where you're like, I I don't know. This kind of conflicts with what I used to think compared to what I currently think. Um, So dive into the word and find a community that's gonna help you journey through that. I love the book of John. It's I mean, honestly, it's one of my favorite books in the Bible. I once did, like, if you ever just want to, like, a random fun study, guys, and chat, just go look in the book of John, all the different names that the book of John uses to uh, clarify Jesus, like, all the different types of monikers they use to identify who Jesus is or God is. It's awesome. That's a fun, just little random, uh, like, word study, uh, all, the, all the ways that they call Jesus God or something special. Uh, but all those things, just like go, go and search it. Find a community. Find somebody to go with you. Ask questions. I mean, you don't know. And on the side of that, be in prayer. Be in communication with God going, man, this is brand new and it's really exciting. Will you show me more of you and the way and the place that you want me to travel to grow closer to you? Uh rely not only on the experience of others, but also on your brand new established relationship with God. It's going to be exciting and you should be in communication uh, with him and just ask him to lead you. That would be, that would be definitely my, my suggestion. Yeah, for sure, dude. All right. So shadow, I want to, I want to try to to maybe rephrase and and change the audience for you. Sure. Um, So so, say someone's here in chat today and maybe they've grown up, you know, in church um, and they've been in church their whole life. They've always, you know, a lifelong Christian, um, but they've never really um, like, they're not winning any Bible trivia, you know, like they've never really dove in into study of the word. um, And they've just basically believed everything they've ever heard in church. How would you tell them to, to start uh, gaining an understanding of the scripture? Yeah, I I would say I think like one of the first things I'd want to ask them is um like how much do you value your relationship with God? You know, like and and because if it's if that's it and they just kind of like oh, I've never really thought twice, I've always just kind of went with whatever my pastor said or whatever, you know, I've been told or, you know, like okay, but I think in all of us, especially in this day and age when information is still readily available to us on Google or whatever, if we're passionate about something, if we care or have any invest uh, interest in in a topic, if somebody says something, we'll usually go and be like, "Is that true?" Or like, "Wait, is that 
you know, like we'll catch when things contradict what we've believed before, and then we'll usually look into it more. And so I think I'd want to start with that question of like, hey, is this something that you're taking seriously? Like, is this something that you really care about, like your relationship with the Lord? And, and maybe it is, and maybe they're just like super, I don't want to use the word gullible, but just like very, uh, I, I've seen this a lot, I think, with church, with a lot of like churchgoers is they'll, they'll use faith as kind of a... Uh, a reason to not have to study the Bible. They just go, well, I just take it on faith, you know, like, and it's like, okay, that's great. You know, we are to have faith in Jesus Christ, but that doesn't null our, our need as all believers, not just pastors or, or uh, leaders in the church, but just as the body of Christ to have a knowledge of who we're following. You look at uh, John the Baptist, you look at, uh, you know, we're st- st- sticking in the book of John here. Uh, you know, you look at John the Baptist in chapter one, or you even look at the early disciples of Jesus. They all had in common that they went and followed God. Uh, that they they went and brought others to him, right? That's how uh, Andrew went and Philip went to go get their brothers and, and others, uh, the other disciples. And then they kept on continuing to follow him, not going, okay, I experienced this one really awesome moment in time where I really knew God spoke to me. And that was it. And I'm like, okay, one and done. God, I'm good. I'll see you again in heaven. They continued to pursue and chase after a deeper relationship with God. And uh, and I'd really encourage anybody who who you know, just maybe like I gave my life to Christ once or I had this really great moment. And now like, it's just autopilot. And I just kind of go to church on Sunday, I'll maybe do something. Um, One, reassess and value, like, is this really important to you in your life? And two, I know for me, um, what I've seen time and time again, is when people step into a leadership role, I know that's true for my life. I know it's true for a lot of you guys probably could test this too, that when you went from, okay, hey, I'm a Christian and I believe now to, hey, I'm leading, like now you really do have to know the word because you're leading other people. And so um, serving and being a part of the body is where you have to interact with others and you really need to have a reason for the faith that you believe in, like, like Peter tells us, um, is super important and something that, that we all should continue growing. Uh, so continuing to follow Jesus, reassessing our, our love and value for him, and then uh, stepping into opportunities to serve the body. Um, I think it's uh, joining in God's kingdom work and not just being a consumer Christian, right? Not just taking from the church constantly, but going, Lord, you've given me gifts and talents and abilities um, and a history and an upbringing that, that, and an influence of people that I can reach. That might be through Twitch. That might be through you know a, an aspect of ministry in your local body, but to really continue to pursue that, especially in this time where we have so much time to reflect and think about. Um, because again, people, and I hear this excuse a lot that, well, I just don't have time to serve. I just don't have time to like, dedicate anything to the youth group or to, you know, children's ministry or to Bible study. And it's like, well, again, people make time for the things that are important for them. Um, you, you make time to catch certain streams. You make time to go see a movie. You make time to, you know, hopefully invest in your spouse. Um, and, and so if God is a priority to you, you make time to really invest in that relationship, knowing that that good will come out of it. Um, and, it and you'll be better off for it. Uh, in your relationship with your spouse and relationship with, with other people just by having a deeper understanding and knowledge of the word. So that's how I would kind of address that. Yeah, I'll do it. Perfect. Um, okay. So uh, Ironheart, we'll, we'll kind of change it up for you just a little bit. Say you're addressing someone else. Um, maybe you're addre- you're talking to someone who they, they are a long time attender of a church. Maybe they're, um, you know, I, I don't know. They're, they're important at their church. They do something at their church, but they have a very like one track mind and they're not open to, um, really diving and looking into anything other than, you know, their beliefs or their church's beliefs. Um, what would you say to them to, to open them up to uh, a full context of scripture? 
I mean, so there's there's a guy at, at my current church who who loves to listen to like one particular um, preacher and author. He read, he reads all his books, listens to his sermons, he uses all of his material, like, and it's it's good. Like he's got good material, um, and so there's nothing wrong with it. But but all he gets is just that like one track understanding. Um, and he even admitted he's like I. I get stuck on one, one track and this is what I want. And, and I have a hard time pulling off to, to listen to other things. Um, and I just challenged him to, to try to dive into, to other people, listen to other people's sermons, listen to, or read other people's books and, and gain a different perspective and a different understanding. Because when you hear those different perspectives and understandings and, and how scripture, um, you hear those different perspectives on, on passages that aren't maybe abundantly clear, then that's going to help hone your understanding of, of what scripture is saying. Um, because if you listen to the same person, you're just constantly reinforcing that one thought and that one perspective over and over and over again. But when you're listening to different perspectives, um, you're, you're going to hone what you believe and you're going to be able to point out things that, that aren't true and, and are just flat out wrong. And so I think for someone, maybe if they're in a position of, of leadership, then that's especially important because they need to know how to point out, okay, this is, this is definitely false. This is false teaching, and I need to make sure that I can identify that so I can protect the church. Um, and I don't really know if there's like much else to, to go from that point. I mean, if they're an established believer and they've already got a routine, it's going to be hard to say, hey, do something else but just to lovingly like encourage them and go, Hey, you should really look into other authors and other preachers and, and hear what they have to say and, and compare that to what scripture says and compare that to what the other preacher says. And, and but always going back to scripture and saying, okay, hey, what, what does it say in scripture? And then how do these two compare? And, and then praying through all of it. I mean, if you're not praying when you're going into scripture, um, then you could just be going, you could be getting your own understanding and, and heaven forbid you get that because we all know that we bring in our own preconceived understandings and, and all that. And that just muddies the water even more than it could already be. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. I thought that would be an interesting perspective to tackle. So I appreciate that. Yeah. No, good um, question. Yeah. And could, could I say something on that? Um, Absolutely. I think that was a great, great point that you said iron hard about. Um, and I can't believe none of us had said it or I hadn't said it tonight. Uh, cause I say it so often whenever I'm preaching is oh, rip camera, um, is <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I say when I'm preaching, uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> is, um, to, you know, take everything that you hear, even from your pastor and make sure that it lines up with the word, you know, make, make sure that we're, we're checking everything against the word. And whenever something doesn't seem to add up to us, have a conversation. Let's talk about it. Well, Hey, you said this, but I thought that this meant that and, and have those kind of conversations. Cause otherwise we get like the, the person in the hypothetical that shadow was addressing and we're just the person that, well, they just believe everything that they hear. And well, you said it, I just accept that by faith, but we need to make sure that we're always going back to the word as our foundation, as our source. Cause if we're not built on this, then it's all just Legos and, and it's all going to fall apart. You know, um, it's, my understanding of an interpretation 
information based on what someone said one time, but it's it's got to be founded on the word always. So I think that was a great point. Mom. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. That's good. Yeah. Okay, Shadow, uh, we have anything? Yeah, we got a few. I'm still catch, trying to catch up with all of them, but I'll throw the first one okay. out. Uh, we'll start with uh, the doctor because he had one, I think, early on. Um, but here's what he said. He said, uh, everything is scary. Prayer is probably the most scariest thing. Uh, so asking God for understanding is probably the hardest thing to do. At least it was for me. Maybe suggest reading several translations to help understand what the context is saying and let them know that audio is also available. So would you guys uh, recommend that? And, and what do you guys think to his initial? I guess it's more of a, a comment than a question, but still, I think important. Uh, Dr. Eels, did you have something or a thought on that? Yeah, I, I would add about the, the prayer thing. I, I, I want to share something that was actually... I felt like God shared with me during a sermon while I preached it and I like said something and I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Like that was God ministering to me while I'm out here trying to <laughs> say words and stuff. Um, I, uh, I did a sermon um, and I was talking specifically about prayer and, and somehow I got to talking about our nighttime prayer. So we have a nighttime tradition. Um, every night before I stream and stuff, I go out um, and we, we, before we lay my daughter to bed, we, we sit down and we pray. We all picked uh, you know, someone that we're going to pray for um, and we pray and, and, for the longest time, I would pray for my wife. I would pray for my daughter. I would pray for whoever we were praying for. And I would say, amen. And I would never um, pray for myself. And I always thought that I was being really noble um, and putting everyone else uh, <laughs> before myself. But I really started to realize that it was pride, that uh, I thought that I could handle everything by myself. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it was like, I'm in the middle of preaching whenever I say that. I'm like, but really, it's prideful of me to do that. And I'm like, wow, God is really speaking to me right now. Um, how do I keep going with the sermon? And, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I had like the same issues with, with prayer, like going to God in prayer and actually pouring out my life and pouring out and saying that I need help and that I need his guidance and that I need him to take care of me. And, and, uh, and, and I forget how that related to the question exactly, but uh, I felt like sharing that. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, um, anyway, anyway, I mean, just, just on that, I'd, I would encourage everyone to, to maybe reflect and pray, and especially pastors. Um, I know there's a lot of us here. Make sure you're praying for yourself. Make sure you're praying for God to be in your life and for him to be helping mm. you and yeah. for him to take care of you. Um, we're so often pouring ourselves out. We're not actually filling ourselves back, back up. Mm. So make, make sure you're doing that. Yeah, yeah. that true. was going to be something I was going to add in, but I, I didn't because it didn't seem super relevant. But uh, back when it was like, well, how do you study scripture? And I don't know about you guys, but there's there was like this moment I remember when I was in Bible college where it was like, OK, I'm like in the word every single day. I'm reading God's word. I'm studying. I like I remember as a freshman, you had to like read through the entire Bible within a year. And uh, and so I'm reading, 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 like trying to make sure I get through and keep up with, with my class. And I realize this moment where I'm like, am I reading this because I'm actually wanting to sit with God and spend time with him? Or is this becoming work? You know, like, is this becoming the thing that I do now because I have to and because it's for a grade, because it's uh, to get a paycheck. And I think there's such a temptation. There. There's, a, there's a huge blessing when you get to be in leadership within a church in, on any level. Um, but also with that comes the temptation of, of seeing the Bible, seeing scripture as, okay, I need to study this to tell others about it. And I think for me, the most effective things, and this is a, a scary thing along with what I think, uh, Dr. Richard was saying here, the scary thing with prayer is like, whenever God's giving me a sermon, it's usually, I have to experience, like God is going to make me experience it on some level throughout that week, whether it's on humility, whether it's on pride, whether it's on, um, temptation, like God allows me 
the firsthand experience it so that I'm speaking not from a hypocritical standpoint, but to just say, okay, here's, here's what God has shown me in and through this. And, uh, I think you guys are absolutely right. Like prayer is so essential and it's what keeps it from just becoming another thing that we're doing in our life, but keeping it at the center and going, God, no, this is about you. This is about real relationship, um, with you. Also. Yeah. I love, I love listening to audio when I can. Um, usually at night, that's what I'll do and things like that. But anybody else, anything on this, uh, question that he had here or comment, I guess. Uh, yeah, I would just, uh, agree with the comment that, yeah, it's important to, to look at different translations. Audio is very helpful. Um, man, if, if you run out of podcasts or something, <laughs> just, Hey, put on the audio Bible while you're driving, dude, you can knock out books like nothing, especially new Testament ones. They're like, bam, 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 bam. They're just, you fly through them. Um, I yeah, would... just getting it in. Sorry. I thought you were, uh, that was awkward. Um, I can't see your face <laughs> in zoom, so I don't, I can't see your body language anyway. Yeah. Um, for audio Bibles, if I, I've said this a couple times, street lights, audio Bible, mm. it's, it's super good. It's, it's kind of like a, like an audio drama kind of a deal is kind of what it sounds like, but they've, they've done, uh, it's guys from like beautiful eulogy are part of it. Um, and they've done the entire new Testament. They're working through the Psalms. They've done some of Genesis. Um, I can't remember what else they've done, but it's, it's fantastic. So if you want a good audio Bible, that's got like a good rhythm to it, that's not dry and boring, then streetlights audio Bible. I know it's on Spotify. You can listen to it all on Spotify. Um, they have an app and, uh, yeah. So yeah. highly recommend like that if you're looking for an audio Bible it's on nice. Apple music, Google, uh, the Google store, Spotify. And I don't know what the, I think the streetlight app, what yeah. is it? Yeah. They use the NLT. Okay. Um, it's on Amazon, Amazon's music, whatever it is as well. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Uh, so anybody else have that or should we go to the next one? Everyone good? Yeah. yeah I think we're good. Yeah, let's go. All right, uh, Yoshi asked this. He said, how good is the NASB, the N-A-S-B, compared to the Greek manuscript evidence in your opinion? Well, we're about to get into it, huh? Let's do it. Pharisee, what do you want to say? <laughs> this is what we thought the majority of this episode was going to be, guys. So, like, we were, we were like, all right, we're talking mainly translations. Uh, we've, we've been in other places, so, hey, yeah. at least we're glad some of our studies is going to be able to be used. So, Pharisee, go ahead. <laughs> uh, so... Hold on, let me let me pull this up real quick because I have this. So okay, so when it comes to Bible translations, it's really interesting, right? So you have some who are word for word, or phrase for phrase, or idea for idea, uh, and they're all over, right? So like you have the message, you have the message remake or remix, uh, KJV, uh, KJV, NIV, uh, TNIV, the new NIV. Uh, CEB, there's 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 a million different versions of a million different takes. So, is the NASB a good version? Um, actually, I, honestly, I, I think it's actually a pretty good version. Um, it communicates pretty well. Like the Bible reading level there, I think it's like tenth grade, eighth grade is what it's supposed to say. But I've never known any eighth grader to ever use the word propitiation in a natural sentence. So I think they might be lying <laughs> there a little bit that it's at a 10th grade reading level uh, or an eighth grade reading level. Uh, but is it good? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any part of any translation of the word that is necessarily bad. Now there's some like translations that I don't really personally like, like personally for me, I don't like paraphrase 
I don't like the idea of reading the actual words of the Bible and then going, uh, here's kind of what I think this means. So let me paraphrase the idea and just kind of shoot it out there. Uh, because I think you miss some of the beauty of the depth of the words that are used on purpose. So like, if you ever like want to really dig into how Paul writes and what Paul writes, Paul is very choosy on his words and he's very purposeful and it has an explanation and a reason. Uh, and even other writers in the Bible talk about how Paul is difficult to read and understand because of how he writes, because of how educated he is. Uh, but knowing all that going in, like, I don't want to paraphrase. I want to see what God actually put on these people's hearts mm-hmm. to write. So I want to, as best for me, when I study the word, I want to be as close to possible as what it said in its original language. Because if that's how God communicated to them and put their ideas in their hearts and then they wrote it down, there's a reason they wrote it down that way. And I'm trying to connect with that. Not so I can better connect with the author, but I can better connect with the one who inspired the author to write those words and put that word of God into written form to communicate with man. Uh, So like personally, uh, I like uh, word for word as much as possible. That gets a little different when you come to like modern translations, because sometimes words don't just just don't translate. Uh, But that's kind of like my favorite. but specifically to the NASB, it's a good version. I read it. Uh, I prefer the ESV. <laughs> I prefer the ESV. We were actually talking about this earlier. Like when I'm studying for a message, I study out of and teach out of the ESV. But when I'm just studying to enjoy, when I'm just reading to enjoy the Bible, uh, I read the CEB, the Common English Bible, because it's in like 2020 language and it just flows better. And I get to read it more in like a story format rather than like an educational, let me like figure out what all these words mean. Uh, so like, that's just me personally. I'm, I have asked my wife, I have too many bubbles in my house already. And I tell her that's not a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No such thing as too many Bibles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Anybody else want to take a crack at this one? Yeah. I'll, I'll say something on it. Uh, Edit. Just because that's it's my favorite version, <laughs> since that's the one you asked about specifically. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I'm in the same boat. I love all the translations that we have. We're we're overly blessed with Bibles um, in our in the English speaking world. We have so many different translations of the Bible. We are spoiled to death uh, with Bible translations and lots of good ones. Um, I'm the same uh, kind of the same philosophy as, as Ferris. I definitely enjoy uh, word for word more than a paraphrase. Um, I won't even repeat what he said because he said what I was going to say. Um, <clears throat> but uh yeah my my two go-tos although when studying or preparing a message i look at pretty much every main translation uh i'll look at nasb uh esv new king james uh i'll look at niv nlt i'll see what they say uh but um my my two main ones are nasb and new king james and uh new king james primarily because it's what i grew up with uh all my memorization, everything, uh, my entire life was, was new King James. And so I have one and I love it. And they're so close in my head, but 
uh, yeah, NASB is my favorite. Um, I I really appreciate the um, the word for word approach. Uh, I've I've always heard that it's it it reads like very wooden and whatever. And I don't know, maybe that was like the the seventy whatever seventy seven edition, but the ninety five one is like. It just it reads amazing to me. I love it, <laughs> and uh, I I to me it's it's very comforting to know that this is very close to as or as as close to word for word maybe as as uh, you could get in in our English language. Um, uh, but that that's it's a lot of it is personal preference. Personally, I love it, but I also love reading out of New King James, ESV, NIV, sometimes NLT every now and then. I, I'll look at all of them, but those less so. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're on another yes. another level, in my personal opinion, for my reading. But um, it's good to look at at all of them. Like we even said in a question earlier, you know, it's good whenever you're studying and trying to understand something. Look at the different translations. Look at commentaries. Look at all these different things um, to see to see what other insights you can glean. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Can you explain to me what you mean by wooded? What? Yeah. Uh, well, I don't even know. <clears throat> like, cause, have you never heard that? Oh, like, I've read that so many times, like people reviewing NASB and they're like, well, it reads very wooden. And I'm like, what does that, what does that even mean? Does Pinocchio write the right. thing? I mean, what does that mean? It's wooden, you know? <laughs> like, what, what type of force are we in? Yes. yes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, I will say... Um, even though I may get some hate from this, I, I will go ahead and just throw this out there because why not? We're being open and honest and y'all love the hate. <laughs> You're a KJV only. Uh, get out of here. No, no. Okay. I'm... <laughs> All right. So um, whenever I first became a Christian, y'all know my story. I came, became a Christian at like 21. Um, I grabbed whatever the heck I could read and I ended up with this dude. It's not as pretty as Deucin's. I, I've got to admit, I'm having some serious Bible envy over Deucin's uh, real cow leather stuff like all of mine is fake leather and this one is just some sort of weird plastic but this is the first bible i got whenever i became a christian and it is it is niv and i've read more of this than i have like anything else and it's just because it i didn't know any better i'm sorry um it, it, ignore me on that one with, with that said i just i do have a natural <laughs> preference to the niv because it's what i'm so familiar with like people say they have a preference to king james because that's what they're familiar with well this was my king james I got it. I knew nothing else but to open it up and read it. Um, and with that said, I do have a preference for study now for ESV. Um, and I've always wanted to get my hands on it in, a, in ASV. Now I do obviously read it digitally, but I just, I think there's so much power in just having it in your hand, especially that really pretty one that you had. Um, but yeah, so I will say that I, I have a, a natural preference just toward the wording and stuff of the NIV. Um, but I do choose to study out of the ESV. Nice. But yeah. Okay. Theologian, I had that same Bible, dude. I, I love that Bible. I still reference that. I, I don't know. Maybe it just maybe it's a special place in my heart because it was, it was my first true love, you know? Um, but yeah, anyway, I, I will just say that. Yeah. So here, BJH thought of a question uh, kind of on the other end and other end of the spectrum. He goes, uh, wait, I thought of something. What if someone is just insistent on an interpretation of scripture and it's causing uh, fights over it. Say a member of the body falls into something like flat earth beliefs or KJV onlyism. What do you guys think? How do you approach that? I know we've kind of talked about this a bit before, um, but let's hear you guys' take on it. KJV. Yeah. 
Anybody, whoever wants to go. I mean, I would just say, I guess it depends on on what they're they're stuck on. I used to have a coworker, which um, this is a blessing in disguise. I used to have a coworker who was a King James onlyist, and and it really provoked so many great conversations, and it provoked me to to learn more about the differentiation between them, um, and like new translations and the Alexandrian manuscripts versus the Texas Receptus, and 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 all of that. And it really, I mean, truly helped me learn so much. Um, and really we just, we literally talked about this all day. Like we, we, we worked in an office in our own little cubicles and we had something called hip chat. Um, and that's what we used to message each other back and forth. And we would write manuscripts back to each other, um, about why we believed what we believed. And, uh, um, so I would just have a, an open conversation. I don't, I mean, what, what do you guys have? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I ever converted him. He didn't really convert me. So here we are. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of hard because I feel like sometimes when people hold convi- different convictions like, um, you know, KJV only or I think one of the examples was Flat Earth, um, like, I don't know. Like, to me, to me, some of that stuff is kind of it's. It's it's silly to me, and and so I, I think the the main thing is just knowing and understanding why they hold that perspective and and why they hold to it so firmly and tightly, um, just so that not only so that I can understand them, um, but also just just un- have understanding uh, from from my perspective going into other situations where people might have that. Um, and just like you said, he's just having an open conversation and just just talking it out and and asking them questions. Why do you why do you hold this perspective? Why do you think that it? Why do you think things point to a KJV only or or whatever? Um, and and just seeking to understand them, I think that's gonna have you're gonna have good conversation if you look at it from that perspective. Trying to trying to understand the other person and asking them questions instead of like beating him with an ESV study Bible and saying, this is the right way, not yours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Honestly, like I'll say this is something dealing with people like this it, it, uh, with KJV only or, um, is you see that like they have such, they're like so, so convicted of it. And on one level, I'm like, that's awesome. You have such a great passion. I just wish it was directed in something other than specifically like, the pages that you're holding on to um, and claiming is the only like everyone else is being deceived. It is really hard. I like almost equate KJV only is um, to like Jehovah witnesses where it's just like, you can show them literally like, here's like what, like we're saying the same things or here's where like the KJV falls short, you know, like, and it doesn't make it, a, you know, like not a good translation to read or look at, but just not the perfect only spoken word that, that God has used. Um, and so it's, it, it is hard, but I think in, in it, in your approach, your apologetic approach and coming before these people, uh, I think it's so important to, to have humility, to know that, and, and to try to like get to a level ground with them of like, we both are seeking after truth. It's, I use like the same tactics, I think, with like KJV only and, and Jehovah Witnesses. It's like, we just want to know what's true. We can all acknowledge and read in, whether it's KJV, uh, Jehovah Witness Bible or, or ESV or whatever, that, that we see that, that Jesus says, um, or God says, because the witnesses, um, you know, those who, who seek will find me and know me. Um, and we just get, man, can we just, can we do that? Can we pray? Can we like not use these uh, doctrinal approaches and just say, God, will you show me what's true? God, can I look at these things 
uh, as, as a humble person who just, who knows that I'm not God, who knows that I don't know everything. And I think the pressure is on us to model that well for others. People are naturally going to think that this is an argument that they need to win. And as believers, we need to be secure in that. Like, it's not about winning an argument. It's not about, um, you know, like converting them right then and there. Cause that is the work of the spirit to do. Our job is to bear witness to the truth of Jesus Christ in our life and to allow him to continue to work and do that and to give reasons for the faith that we have and, and, and believe in. Um, and so I think it's important that we model humility in that of, like we've been saying, none of us have the perfect theology and there's a reason why they're clinging so tight to this. Um, and, and maybe you'll get to that point as you build a relationship with them to explore that, to see why they're so like, you know, typically KJV only is like very fundamentalist in, in their approach as well. Um, but why they need these super strict, clear, like black and white. No, it has to be this. Otherwise, like nothing in life makes sense. Um, and, and to go, you know what? Like, yes, as we've said before, dogmatically, there's things that are scripturally proven and true that we don't argue with. But on these other things, like maybe we should show grace where, where scripture is silent. We should also be silent, you know, and be a little bit more okay with some of this. Um, but yeah, I think modeling humility is the first and biggest part of the approach that, that God calls you and me to do and to do it well. Um, so yeah. Anybody else on that one? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> um, so I, I noticed BJH just, uh, kind of had a little addendum to that, uh, yeah. question. Um, but what I want to say on that is that pretty much everything that shadow was just saying applies to any kind of theological um, idea or doctrine or specific point or framework of understanding scripture or whatever the topic or issue is, um, we we all need to approach those kind of conversations with humility and grace, realizing that we don't know everything. Um, I've I've said before that um, the more I study, the less I know. Uh, I'll. I'll study something and I'll, I'll feel like I have a solid understanding of something and then I'll study just a little bit more and it's like I just went off a cliff and now I everything I thought I knew just fell apart. And it's, you know, the, the deeper and deeper that you go into God's word, um, the more challenged you'll get on different things. And I think that's a great thing. I think we could all probably think back to um, times early in our, our walk with Christ where um, we, we heard the gospel or we started studying something and we wrapped our brain around it and we thought, I got this. I understand this now. And I think anytime we get to a point where we feel like we completely understand a topic, we're in trouble. <laughs> you never want to be in a position where uh, you feel like you've got it all together. Uh, or the like the old quote says, you never want to be the smartest person in the room. Um, you you, you yeah. don't, you shouldn't ever feel like, man, I've got this all together. There's always something more to know and understand. There's always someone smarter than you. Um, so it's important to have honest conversations, to approach them with humility, to realize where you're right and realize where you're wrong and seek God and have conversations and listen and pray and read and, and do all these things that we've been talking about tonight. Because, um, like we, like we said early on, you know, no one, except Jesus had perfect hundred percent theology. Um, so it's important for us to, to, to do these things we've been talking about. Yeah. I think it's also like when you, when you pick a Bible translation to read, like it's not 
Okay, this is gonna this might push a boundary of uh <laughs> of like what we're talking about, but like uh every Bible translation that was written is written from a predisposition, right? So like it's no secret that the people who put together the English standard version are reformed, which means like they lean to the theological disposition of Calvinism, which means they think that God is more in, uh, sovereign and in control, and like uh, like he, you should just you should just go and dive into like the people who wrote it and uh, like their theological background. So like it gives you insight into their interpretation, right? So like you should know that when you're really thinking about studying the Bible on the other side of that, right? Like you think about the turn of the what 20th century, the Schofield study Bible, which led to the growth and explosion of dispensationalism within the United States uh, amongst conservative Christians. Like I'm using a lot of big words here, but if you've never heard of that before, like it's literally this one Bible helped shape the viewpoints of millions of people's thoughts on the end times and how God would come back. So that single Bible influenced how they thought God was going to come back. So it influenced how they thought about what was happening in the current time period. So they started to attribute what was happening in their current day to things that they associated with what was going on in the Bible. So like knowing these things and the motivations of people who wrote them or who translated them or who assembled them gives you a better understanding of what you're reading. So like, that's why, like you've heard all of us say today that we don't, we're, we're, we're not sold out into just one translation. We might have a preference, but I don't think any of us would say we have all the answers and this one version has uh, the exact perfect translation from greek to english that communicates the perfect idea that god was trying to communicate in in the native language i don't think any of one of us would say that uh but knowing those things like going into what you're reading like i I can just think of like crazy things like the tniv do y'all remember when the 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 new uh the tniv released in like the early 2000s yep Yep. So like for, for people who don't know when the TNIV was released, which is a version, another Bible translation version of the NIV, it was released like with gender neutral pronouns <laughs> all over. Okay. So instead of saying mankind, it said like people or humans. But not only that, like it it degendered so much of the Bible that you're just like, what am I reading? Right, gigantic controversy, and there was motivation behind that. So, subjecting yourself to just like this is my lane, and I'm not going to exit it, is again like what we talked about earlier: elevating something of human creation above God's intention. Yeah. Uh, so, like you gotta you gotta be aware of those things when you pick your favorite or you read from multiple. Do some history. Do some research. Who are these people that assembled it and why they put it together? Yeah. So I have, so here, this is for anybody. I guess this isn't a question that anybody has asked, but one that I thought about, um, I know like, even for me, when I first was in, when I was in Bible school, you know, like I've been a Christian maybe five, six years at that point. Um, but then hearing for the first time that like, I knew there were other translations and maybe didn't really seek too deeply because I was still just learning the basics. But when I found out, wait, like there's some manuscripts or there's words here that aren't there. Um, and that's why you have this translation say it this way or this translation doing it this way. Did it ever occur to you guys or how have you dealt with this before where you're like, 
where your faith and you're like, my foundation maybe isn't as solid as I thought it was, you know, because the words that I'm reading might not all be there or, you know, that because there is no one person I can ask who has all the, all the questions, you know, outside of Jesus, um, who can answer all the questions I have perfectly, you know, correctly. Um, has that ever troubled you guys or has that ever been an issue for you guys of like, oh man, what, 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 what scripture do I read? Or like, what version do I read? Or, you know, how, how can I really be sure that this is, uh, really what it says? Has that ever occurred to any of you guys before or ever been a struggle for you? Um, I I don't think it's been a struggle for me. I, when it came down to like what version I wanted to read, I knew I wanted to read a more word for word version than, than a more like idea for idea version. Um, because I didn't want other people's ideas. I mean, that's always going to be in there to some extent, like Ferris said, but, but I wanted as close to word for word as I could get my hands on. And, and for me at the time it was ESV and I just kind of latched onto it. That's what I primarily read out of. Um, mm-hmm. And in terms of like people not always having the answers um, for a little while that used to bother me, but, but as time went on, it's just kind of like, it's okay. It's it's okay not to have all the answers. It's okay to, for someone, for me to ask someone something and they'd be like, you know what? I don't know. Or for someone to ask me something and be like, good question. I don't know. And, and that ranges from like the serious questions to the super goofy ones. Um, like did Adam and Eve have a belly button? I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Right. <laughs> but, but like, it's more like the important, like I, I kind of touched on this before, but it's the important stuff that I know for sure. And that regardless of what translation you get, as long as it's a legitimate translation, the important thing, the gospel is going to be, in that translation and and as when it comes down to it that's what needs to be there and you want the translation to be reliable and you want it to be as close and as accurate as possible um but i don't have uh, a deep and and rooted understanding of greek hebrew and aramaic and so i'm not going to be able to go through every single thing and say yep that's right that's right that's not right so on and so forth i can st- study a little bit here and there but i'm i just have to trust that that there are smarter people that have done their research that pumped this out and said hey this is quality and not just people that made it but other people who critiqued it and said yes this is quality and people that have pumped it out and said hey this is quality but then people that say no 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 this is why it's not quality and and trust that they know what they're talking about because i don't have the extensive knowledge that they do and and it just i just have to trust people that know more than I do. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. I, mean, I, oh, go ahead. I, I was just gonna say, I mean, I, I would also add though, like, I don't, I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm sure there are translations out there are absolutely incorrect. And those would be of, of, um, you know, the, the Mormon translation or, you know, the, and, and those are obviously incorrect, but the, the majority of Bibles we have today, um, I think they're going to get you the essentials. They're going to get you Jesus, Jesus crucified. They'll get you to salvation. Like, so I think that's why we can say those things themselves are not in question. Um, but then there, there's like a, an, I guess, overall understanding of scripture and, and theology that comes into question after that. Um, but I mean, I, I would encourage if we're talking to someone new who hasn't picked up a Bible or, you know, they've maybe jumped into King James, not understood it because I was that guy. That's why I picked up that thing over there. Um, And I would just encourage you to pick up any of them we've mentioned. ESV, I mean, 
personally, like I said, I think you can be saved and even possibly even become a pastor with NIV. Um, God did it somehow, <laughs> um, but just grab one and, and dig into it. I, I mean, that's, that's where I would start and then dive into the history uh, of the, of the Bible and the, the preconceived notions of the, the authors or the, the translators and, and all that. But main, main, mainly of importance is to pick one and dive into it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah and that's like, for me, you know, I just, I thought of this as we brought this up and there might be people watching this later on who are going to be, you know, maybe they've walked with God and we said, they've kind of like believed what, whatever their pastor has said on Sunday, they read whatever translation their church kind of recommends. And then you, you get like me where you hear like, wait, there are other translations. Why are there other translations? Why don't we all just have like one that we all agree upon? Um, and it does bring into like, how do I witness this to others? How was my foundation? Is it as solid as it was? And I think one of the coolest things we can do that helped me with that fear when I had it was, uh, was really like doing a historical Bible study of like how the Bible got to us. A really good book is uh, From God to Us. And it kind of walks through uh, the, the early manuscripts and what we have and how accurate we have them. Um, so where we see that, yeah, we have these different translations, but it's really on just these minor verses here. They're like, like Ferris said on these um, doctrinal points of view that, that we see the shift on and let alone word for word or literal translation, um, their paraphrase. Uh, so yeah, so those are all things I'd really encourage if, if you're wondering this, if this is uh, doing the opposite of what we hope that this says, that this solidifies, gives you confidence to speak about this issue that you would continue and ask uh, any of us, any of us would probably recommend a few different resources. Um, maybe we'll even post some in the discord uh, for you guys to check out. Um, knowing where your Bible comes from is so important. And I think it's such a confidence booster in this God's hand throughout those processes uh, is really, really cool. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I would agree tremendously and completely. It's, um, it's important to remember when this was written, where this was written, by whom this was written, to whom this was written. Um, but at the same time, the inspiration under which this was written. Right. Um, so yeah, yeah. all those things, uh, to pl- it's not something that was written last year in New York Times bestseller. You know, it's, it's not right. <laughs> that it's, mm-hmm. it's the ancient word of God that we are extremely blessed to have in a multitude of different translations in English alone. Um, yeah. so yeah, it's important to, to remember that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. All right, guys, if, if we're all caught up on questions, I think this is the time where we're going to let Father Arnhart jump up on his soapbox and, and, and tell us something. Soapbox. <laughs> I'm prepared. Okay. So, all right. good? Question. Are we good, Shadow? Uh, yeah, Dr. Richard, just I think he had a comment more than anything, but we can just read that real quick. He said, the problem with Greek is that many words in Greek have several meanings and other words do not translate to English at all. So English words or phrases are made up to be as close as possible. So when the Bible are translated bibles are translated that's why some words are different between translations right yeah just kind of yeah, that's right adding yeah. on to what you're saying so thank you right yeah and, and i mean to uh you know I, I don't know any of the specifics off the top of my head but yeah th- there's a lot of times where even the most word for word translations will take what's uh like a, a hebrew idiom or uh something and they'll they'll give you the idea in a word for word sense but uh it wouldn't make any sense in english if it was literally word for word um so yeah, yeah that's that's true yeah 
I want I wanted to give one quick reference just for what we're talking about real quick. There's a really cool website called biblehub.com that you can put in any verse. And when you hit enter into the search bar, it will not only populate uh, one version of the Bible, but it will populate dozens of versions. So you'll be able to look at the same verse translated through Ooh. different versions of the Bible. So uh, biblehub.com, I'll post it in chat real quick. So yeah. like uh, I just did, I just did randomly James four five, uh, and you can see it uh, when you hit it. It has NIV, NLV, ESV, uh, New American Standard Version, New King James, King James. It's got a whole bunch there, so you can see right there all the different uh, like translations of the exact same original Greek that was written. So it's a really cool reference if you're ever studying and you're ever trying to figure out like, hey what version do I connect with more that communicates better to me that I understand more? That's a great reference to use. Uh, I use it a whole lot whenever I'm preparing sermons and I like uh, reading a verse and I'm trying to like get more insight onto it. So I'll, I'll use this all the time. Yeah. Let's see. And there's like 30 right there of just <laughs> one verse, 30 translations. Yeah. Love it. Bible yeah. hub is, is awesome. Yeah, Hashtag not an ad, but <laughs> maybe someday. Maybe we'll have them come out with their own like gaming fuel, game yes. juice. And then we'll start pushing <laughs> that. You know yeah, what? There it's we like go. Monster today. Raid Shadow Legends. No. <laughs> <laughs> Pastors After Dark, sponsored by Bible Hub. Yeah. Let's yeah. go. Someday. Maybe. Let's maybe. get onto this awesome suit box. That's a good idea, dude. On the suit, good the idea. suit box. Does it still say suit box? No, because I grabbed one from like episode one and copied and pasted it. Uh, suit box, soapbox. So, it's the only one I could find in my docs on my phone. It's okay, Dr. Richard. You can soup, soup block me. Gosh. All right. So today we have been talking about can you, uh, are, you know, different interpretations of scripture and what that means and what that looks like and is that okay? Uh, and, and while we've been diving into that, I think it's important to, to take a step back and go back to kind of the foundation of all this in that God's word is important. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a short passage, Second uh, Timothy 3, 16 and 17. A lot of you probably know what this is already, but all scripture is breathed out by God for, for breathed out by God. And profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the good man of God, that the man of God might be, comp- might be competent and equipped for every good work. I can't read, um, but God's word is so important. We need to make sure that we are digging into our Bibles on a daily basis, that we are using it for every single aspect of our life. Now, if we ask it, should I go to college here or here? The Bible is not going to might not give us a, a, a clear answer. The Bible is not going to say, hey, go to Pennsylvania instead of California. It's not going to say that. But but the Bible can give us um, direction. And, and as we trust and lean into what God has said through his written word and we pray through it, God's going to guide us in the direction that he wants to go. And so we need to be in our Bibles on a daily basis. I think a lot of churches today have a lot of people in it that think, well, the pastor teaches me on Sunday morning, and so what what else do I need? But how do you know if that pastor teaching on Sunday morning is teaching you something that's correct if you're not digging into your Bibles to know if it's right or not? 
Like, I don't want to stand up there and preach a sermon and have everyone in the, in, in the, the pews or the chairs looking at me just assume that I'm right. I want them to say, well, you know, you know, Ironheart, I'm not sure about this because my church calls me Ironheart, obviously. Um, I'm not sure about this. Something doesn't make sense. Uh, can you, can you explain this? Can you clarify this? Can you, are you wrong? I want them to call me out and I want them to know how to do that because they're diving into their Bibles and they're not going to be able to do that if they're not reading and studying on a daily basis. And so reading your Bibles isn't just for pastors. It's not just for the, the elders, the, 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 the super mature. It's every single believer needs to be in your Bible on a daily basis. We need to be diving into the word, seeing what it says, learning from it, growing from it, and not reading what we want it to say. Not what do you think about this passage, but instead, what does this passage say in its context? What does it say in who it was written to? And, and what does it say in like the symphony of the rest of scripture and how does that apply to today? Because it can be easy to, to cherry pick different verses and say, oh, well, you know, this verse says, you know, we're saved by, we're saved by works and not by faith. That's not true. In the symphony of scripture, it's, we are not saved by works. We're saved by faith. And from our faith, works will come from that. And so we, if, if you're not in your Bible on a daily basis, I like beg you to be in your Bibles on a daily basis, read it, understand it, seek to know what it's saying, what God is saying, look up commentaries, talk to people, join Bible studies, ask questions. If you don't know what's in it, ask a question. I mean, there's five pastors here that would love to answer your questions. There's people in your spheres that would probably love to ask, that would love to answer questions. And, and, and one thing that I hear that I actually saw before this, this show started is that, well, isn't the Bible outdated? And, and it was written for people, you know, 2000 years ago. And that's, you know, that's kind of done and gone and it doesn't really apply today. Um, if, if the Bible's really outdated, then like, what are we, what are we building our faith on? If the Bible's outdated, if it's just an old book and it's, you know, those principles are outdated, then we might as well throw the whole thing out and just believe whatever the heck we want, right? But the Bible is like, this is truth. This is absolute truth. This does not change. Just because, like, we propel ourselves into the future and into the name of progress and, and progressive morals or whatever, we, the, the culture changes. God's truth doesn't change. And so there's going to be things in here that you might not agree with, but this is how God has established life. This is how God has established all things good. And that doesn't change just because culture does. Mm. And so if you have a hard time wrapping your mind around that, I want to encourage you, you need to grow your, your view of God. You need to grow in your understanding of how big God is in your life and how big he actually is. Because I think a lot of people say, well, that's just an old book. Well, they don't elevate scripture enough, and they don't see how big God really is. Because when you have a bigger understanding of who God is, you're going to have a bigger understanding of scripture. And when you have a bigger understanding of scripture, you're going to say, yeah, that's hard for me to to accept, but that's what God says. And so I'm going to pursue that anyway. And I'm going to lean into what God has to say because that's way beyond anything that I could ever understand or comprehend. 
and that's, I mean, that's hard, especially when culture is like, Hey, you got, you're, you're so old fashioned and you're old school and that's, that's outdated and you're stupid and you're an idiot and so on and so forth. But God's so much bigger than that. He's so much bigger than all those other things. And when we continue to grow in our knowledge and understanding of who God is, not that he grows because he's, he's huge already. We don't need, he doesn't need our help. But when, when he unlocks, like when he shows us who he is, then our appreciation for scripture and our trusting in scripture is going to grow as well. So be in this on a daily basis. Don't, don't take it for granted. We've got, you know, we talked about how blessed we are with all the different translations we have. Don't take it for granted. Be in this on a daily basis. Seek to understand what is in here. What is the truth that God has communicated in this? And, and know that that truth is not going to change regardless of what the world around you says. Because people will say, oh, well, this Greek word is kind of translated kind of funky. And so it doesn't really mean that. It actually means this. And so, you know, that thing you do is probably fine. Is it's probably not fine, and people are just seeking to justify their own sinful actions, so then they, so that they can just do whatever they want. Read it and read it for what it says, not for what you want it to say. And if you have a hard time reading it, read it with someone else and talk about it. Ask questions. I mean, I can't, I, I cannot say that enough. Ask questions. People are like, well, I just don't understand it, so they just don't touch it. Ask questions, please. There, I mean, if you're a part of God Mode Activated, you know that there's tons of people in there that want to answer questions, that want to have dialogues with you, that want to help you understand and grow in your faith. And by and, and you have to do that by opening up your Bible and reading it. So do that. <laughs> don't don't ignore it. Don't don't take it for granted and just be in this thing on a daily basis. Pray through it. Pray that God shows you what it's saying, that God reveals his truth to you because it's all there. Just you got to The first step is literally just opening it up. So that's my soapbox. Read your Bibles, foreheads. <laughs> I Thank love you, it. Iron <laughs> Read your Bibles, foreheads. foreheads. I love it. Was that the title? Yeah. 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 That's, that's, uh, I preach in like two weeks. That's the title of that sermon, too. My church is going to be so confused. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Read your Bible's forehead. Okay. We'll they were be reading James 5, verses 1 through 5. <laughs> <laughs> Even easy. Easy. That's awesome. Awesome, man. No, fantastic. And I mean, I think that's kind of the understanding we've come to tonight. Read your Bibles, foreheads. Um, Read your Bibles, so, foreheads. I feel like it should be like a shirt that. Um, we ever get shirt that command it, to yes. work, can we? Yeah. Um, awesome, guys. Well, I think that's that's going to do it unless we had any more questions during the, the thing. I think uh, Kenneth and wanted Pastor Deuce and tell him where babies come from. You guys can handle that off stream. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> but uh, I, I think that's going to do it for the night. Um, next week we're going to, and assuming I had my lineup right next week, we're answering the question. Could Jesus have sinned? Yep. That was right. Okay. So if, if that, that could be an interesting topic. Um, so be sure to come back next week. Um, roughly the same time y'all know how the startup goes. Um, (laughs) but roughly the same time and we'll be talking all about, could Jesus have sinned? And before we pray out and raid out, um, I just want to give these guys a chance to give some shameless plugs. So we'll start at the top left since we started there. And uh, Pastor Deucin, where can the good people find you, my man? Yep. 
Uh, hi, I am Pastor Deuston. You can find me uh, anywhere on the internet, Twitch, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, YouTube, all uh, under the same name, Pastor Deuston, spelled the same way. Uh, follow me on Twitch. I'll be streaming tomorrow night, be playing some Doom, uh, trying to finish Doom 64. It's been fun. Uh, but yeah, love to see you there. Yeah, fantastic. All right, Ferris, where can the good people find you? Awesome. I primarily currently stream on Mixer.com forward slash Fairstorm. I know everybody asks every time, what is Mixer? I heard that it is a kitchen utensil, but also it's currently a website. <laughs> so you can follow me there. And then also on any social, it's always Fairstorm. Two S's. There we go. All right. And Super Shadow. Yeah, you guys can just follow me right here on Twitch, just at Super Shadow. Uh, we'll be live tomorrow morning. We do devotionals on leadership, and we're going through the book of John right now still. Um, yeah, I'd love to have you guys in there. We start at 10 a.m. Uh, Pacific time, so that's like lunchtime for a lot of Central people um, and Eastern people. Uh, yeah, and then on as well, I have another favor. Uh, if you guys miss any of these episodes, we upload them on YouTube right under my channel, uh, right up there. Our um, What does the Bible say about homosexuality? Just went live like the other day. And right now it's getting at a decent amount of views, but there's just no likes on it, one dislike and one comment from someone who says the Bible (laughs) clearly states homosexuality is biblical. Like, so I would love to see that be changed a little bit. Uh, Hopefully we can engage in conversations. If you guys want to go over there, drop a like on it and just drop a like right now. (laughs) Drop the likes and, uh, and, and drop some answers, some truth bombs. Yeah. 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 I'd love to have you guys uh, on there. Um, I'm going to be uploading this episode tomorrow and then uploading segments of this throughout the week. In case you guys miss any of them, they'll all be on there. Uh, Last thing I will say is we have four episodes left of this season. Next week is episode 10. We do 14 episodes a season. Uh, So right now we are collectively putting together the questions you guys have for next season. So if you guys have a question that you really want to ask, you've always wanted to ask, uh, but always wanted to know, but never wanted to ask, now's your opportunity. Please, exclamation point pads in the chat. Uh, We'll give you the link. You can ask anonymously. We won't put your name down, nothing. Um, But if you have a really great question and you think it'd be a great topic for us to cover, uh, go ahead and submit it to that Google Doc and we're planning out what season three is going to look like. Uh, even now, as we wrap up the end of the podcast, let's go. Yep. Um, I'll also say the the episodes. I know I'm a little bit behind on getting the podcast up. I do apologize, um, but they will be up very soon. Um, life has just been a little bit crazy. I do apologize, um, but awesome. Anyway, I, I, no, no excuse. He's not just said no. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I failed you, people. Sorry. All right, Ironheart. Where can they find you? Yes, I stream on I stream on Twitch. You stream um, good. <laughs> I, I stream on Twitch like once a month, uh, usually a Tuesday. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I I I don't stream super often. If I do, I'm I kind of I used to be on Twitch and Mixer, and I've just kind of abandoned Mixer because sorry. Wow. Um, but I I'll stream on Twitch uh, Tuesday evenings, uh, usually pretty late, eight thirty Central, into later than I would like to admit to my wife in the morning. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I'm usually there. I'm, I'm most active on the, in the GMA discord. So if you ever have questions, you can hop in there and you can ask me whatever. I'm usually chatting around in there. Um, and yeah, I'm on Twitter come from what they could ask you where babies come from. Oh, I'll tell exactly. you. I'll tell you, I'll ask how old you are first and then I'll let you know. Um, <laughs> just to be safe. Um, Fair. Uh, it's Father Ironheart anywhere. So if you want to find me on Twitter or Twitch, uh, Father Ironheart. So. 
nice all right and guys i i have the most different links my name was not available everywhere but um so i stream here on twitch sunday monday tuesday and thursdays um from 11 p.m central on and it's just dr hills here on twitch um you can also follow me over on youtube or, or sub over on youtube youtube.com slash that bold life uh, make christian videos upload some of my sermons uh some stuff like that um and yeah and, and you get me on twitter dr hills ttv um because uh, some sort of therapist or something has dr hills anyway it doesn't matter um but yeah guys we appreciate you hanging out so much um you guys are all absolute legends um and a- as we end ferris would you mind praying us out i would feel blessed to do that let me pray okay. uh father we just thank you so much for the say and the conversation that we had um really i think what today leads us to is the realization that we need to pursue you more than we pursue anything of this world and even that comes with when we read scripture to not just lean on our own understanding of our own interpretation but go okay hey god what are you trying to teach me in this moment not filter the word of god through our own ideas or our past or our history but to filter it through uh the spirit of being connected with you so lord i I pray that as all these uh different people here who maybe uh are currently on a journey seeking after you or maybe they're like you know for the first time putting thought to that what would it mean to follow christ lord i pray that in their pursuance of you that they lean on who you are so as they as they read different translations of the bible or are listening to pastors preach that they're asking you in every moment to reveal to them the truth that they need to hear uh that's going to draw them closer to you and closer to your will and your heart for the glory of your name uh lord that's really why we're all here all five of us from different pasts and different denominations and different histories and uh even uh some different theological positions lord but yeah we all agree that we are in desperate need of you and without you we would have nothing so because of that truth that we're all unified in you that we can share in community and uh and brotherhood and family and i pray that as all of us pursue you uh you just continue to reveal that centralized truth of how beautiful the gospel is because jesus died for us and rose again lord let that be our center and let us continue to walk from that uh that absolute truth uh every single day lord we love you and we thank you we ask these things in jesus name amen 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 Amen. Thank you.